Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is religious gifts. Grab a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles or crochet hook and join us. Let us introduce ourselves. I'm Pastor Amanda Zenzalo, and I serve as the pastor at Central Lutheran in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Don Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, this is an age-old question for anyone ever invited to a baptism or a confirmation or a first mm-hmm. communion, let alone something like an ordination, yep. which I've been to a couple of. And the question is, what do you get and where do you get it? It's so hard. I struggle with this. And I've had installations and an ordination and been baptized as an adult. So I lean into recommending that people think about what is actually useful or meaningful for the individual. And if you don't know the answer to that, it's okay to just give them a card. Sure. That's maybe a bit of a cop-out for me. But at the same token, I think that there is a lot of religious kitsch out there. Mm-hmm. And if you receive a lot of religious kitsch, it can be hard to know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. And kitsch is such like an individual personal choice. Yes, it is. <laughs> that it's that's a challenge. That's a real challenge. So particularly for kids or for teenagers, it's okay to lean into the practical. Yeah, I believe that teachers would have a similar philosophy, having had years of teacher gifts that fall into the kitsch category. Yes, (laughs) totally. Not everything is as useful as you think it's going to be for that particular person. Right, like the 18th apple with best teacher on it. And an earthworm coming out of it. Mm -hmm. Right, right, right. Eventually, you don't have enough space to put those all up. (laughs) Okay. So let's think about ages then. Let's start with baptism. Mm -hmm. When I'm invited to something like that, I tend to go a more practical religious route with things like books and toys, because you're usually Mm. talking younger children, babies-ish. Right. Beyond that, a lot of these things can also be incredibly useful. Like I remember a set of finger puppets based on Noah's Ark. Nice. And these things are wonderful if you want to get something that is religious and also to help you get through an actual church service on Sunday with your child. Beyond that, though, do you have any other suggestions for things that you've seen given as gifts over the years? I think I tend to think about things that might help with religious formation. Okay. And memory making. So one of the things that when I do a baptism with a family, they get a book And in the book, you can add a place for a picture from the baptismal day and a place for people to write memories of their experiences of the day. Because especially for those who are baptized young, they aren't going to have their own personal memory of that day. Nope. And so having yours written down on that day or having the community write reflections or write messages of support... Those kinds of things actually could come to mean quite a bit as they age and get older, particularly if can start to kind of encourage a pattern of remembering a baptism and touching base with it. A family can use that to pull that out and to look at the messages and add to it over the years. Anything 
that's going to kind of increase the capacity for having actual faith formation discussions. It could be that a blanket is the thing to give, Mm -hmm. you know, a handmade blankie is the thing to give. And maybe that gets wrapped around and becomes the child's whoopee and how better to experience God's love than a child's whoopee, Mm -hmm. right? So if we think about what the day means, it means that you are loved. It means that God is with you. It means you're part of a community. It means that there are people who are praying for you and trying to keep you in the knowledge that you are loved, anything that can help reinforce that message is great. And if what it turns out to be is a keepsake Bible or those kinds of things, fine, go for it. Mm -hmm. But again, the purpose of the day, if we can lean into what the purpose of the day is and what the message is, and remember, this is not just a celebration. It's not just a birthday to give gifts at. It's a faith formation moment and a commitment and a covenant day in our faith. And so how can we highlight that in the kinds of things that we wish to give? Yeah. Now, the next one is typically First Communion. Mm -hmm. When I had my First Communion, it was in the Catholic Church. Yep. The gifts are a little different in the Catholic Church. You tend to get Mm -hmm. rosaries, lots and lots of rosaries. But something else my kids have gotten, and I believe it was with baptism, but it might have been at some other point, is basically a chest that somebody at the church had made. Mm -hmm. Doesn't have to be big, but these are pretty substantial. Something to basically keep all of these things that you accumulate, your candle from your baptism, the blanket or the Bible or the cross Mm -hmm. or the whatever in which I found incredibly helpful through the years because you keep getting these things and you don't know what to do with these things, but you don't want to throw these things out yet, especially and even down to the cards. I have a very hard time recycling cards. (laughs) This just seems too personal to just kind of chuck in a recycling bin or throw in a shredder, God forbid. Right. I think those are so cool. When there are congregations or communities that have the capacity to make the chests and give the memory chests to kids, oh, that's so cool. And it is a commitment that is kind of slowly fading. Sure. But yes, uh, as a family, that is something that a family could choose to do. You could choose to find a chest or build one together or talk to your community about finding a woodworker to build something or help out with that. And at Central, we give banners at baptisms. Mm -hmm. And so those kinds of things, the banner, the certificate, the candle, all of that can then go into that chest. They're so cool. And First Communion, for Central, we don't do a specific First Communion event, but we could. Sure. I have done specific First Communion events before. I have asked you to do them for my kids, mainly because Uh my relatives back in the Midwest, it's important to them. (laughs) Yep. You have obliged brilliantly. Totally. And we've done them, right? And those kinds of moments, again, if we think about what does this mean, not just the good old Martin Luther question, but what's the perspective? What's the point? What's the faith formation moment of this? And what do we want to put in there? Maybe for First Communion, it's a bread recipe book. Sure. Right? Or the bread recipe that your community uses and a letter from the bread baker, right? There's all kinds of ways to kind of find the touch points. And I think part of it is, is the time of year we're at. I'm really thinking about how do we connect ourselves to the saints that have gone before us and 
as we're doing this, we're building the saints who come after us. And how do we, how do we get that through line? Kitsch gifts are not bad. No. And there's opportunity to share story and to write letters and to find ways to connect with one another that are different than consumer practices. Okay, then the one that's next for me, specifically mm-hmm. coming up this Sunday, is confirmation. Mm-hmm. This is usually an age where I tend to go with something that is more coming of age than religious, partly because mm-hmm. I'm in the Pacific Northwest and religion just isn't a common topic. <laughs> So then if I want to make it religious, this is where, depending on the child and the teen and the age, the kitsch component is small and hopefully brings the smile as much as anything. Totally. And there are some really fun things that can be found, some really beautiful things, psalms that have been created into illuminated artwork, or you can find some stunning things. A cross necklace Mm -hmm. at this age can mean so much. I think this was about the age that I got my first cross necklace. And it actually meant a lot. And it was before I was baptized. I got it as a showpiece to remind me of playing the nurse in Romeo and Juliet. Sure. But I still received my first cross at about this age. And I wore it all the time for a good long while. So those kinds of pieces can be really important and beautiful things. I sometimes struggle with giving gifts. I struggle actually quite a bit with giving gifts because I like to give things that are practical. I like to give things that are useful. And trying to find something that was appropriate, particularly for this crew of students that are going to be confirmed, that have been living through the pandemic year, doing Mm -hmm. confirmation through the pandemic year. So we, the teachers, were talking and trying to come up with stuff, and we looked at various different things. And we settled in on giving each of them their own gift edition of the hymnal. And we're sending out the request to everyone to grab six post-it notes or pull out six letters and write about your favorite hymn or find your favorite prayer in there and fill the hymnals with the story of the saints around them. Because we've spent almost two years physically apart from one another and the practices of our faith can still be in our hands through the hymnal. Now, the kids can access the scripture in a thousand different translations through their cell phones. Sure. Right? I mean, that's, that's just reality now. So instead of giving them scripture, we're giving them the hymns of our tradition and the prayers of our tradition and the psalms and trying to find that connection to the community that surrounds them. And to help them feel like they're a part of something beyond just themselves. So that's the kind of piece, like to not downplay the sharing of your story. Yes, you are welcome to buy an angel figurine for folks who are having a specific religious event in their lives. But understand that telling someone the story of your favorite hymn and how it gives you strength to get through the hardest days and nights, sharing with someone the prayer that you whisper to carry you through, those kinds of faith formation pieces are truly sacred and matter as much, sometimes perhaps even more than the keepsake figurine. So if you're comfortable 
sharing those pieces and offering that part of your spirit and your heart and your faith to another person, write it down, reflect on it, and offer it in good faith. So if someone was actually going to go look for something like a hymnal or something that is more specifically religious, mm-hmm. where do you even find these things these days? Because I remember when I was a kid, there was that one tiny little bookstore that had all of the religious stuff that you would go to for the three whatever cards that you could find (laughs) and the four versions of the Bible that you could get for varying ages. But that doesn't really exist anymore in the same way, at least specifically not out here. Totally. And sometimes if you're a part of a mainline tradition or a progressive faith tradition, what you're going to find in some of those Christian bookstores will not necessarily feel like what you are wanting to give. Mm -hmm. And so you can go online and you can go to like oldlutheran.com and they have everything from serious gifts to tchotchke gifts. You can go to our publishing house, Augsburg Fortress. If you wanted to get something like an actual hymnal. Exactly. If you wanted to get a gift edition or if you wanted to get a pew edition for something sturdier. You can go to the publishing house and do something like that for professional religious types, like someone that you're getting something for an ordination or an installation. You can go online and then look up stoles, or you can look up gifts for clergy and see what kind of websites you get back. You'll probably end up with some sites like CM All Me, some of the big religious warehouse kind of places. The thing with that is that you're going to see religious gifts like that, especially for professional religious leaders, Mm -hmm. are really spendy. They're expensive. A communion kit, even your basic one, is going to start at $90 to $100. Wow. Uh, Stoles, they're going to start at $75 to $100. I want to encourage people, especially in this time of pandemic, especially in this time of economic stress and challenge, that one of the most beautiful faith gifts that you can give to anyone who shares your faith with you is your faith story and your willingness to share the story of why you love a hymn. I don't know if it'll mean as much to other people as it does to me, but The hymnals that I have in my office that have been marked up with post-it notes from family members as to why they love the specific songs are priceless treasures. And the notes that I have in my binder that have the notes as to why members love particular pieces of music, Mm -hmm. it's priceless treasure. So don't be afraid to accept that that vulnerability is a beautiful gift when it comes to a faith moment like that. And writing a letter to a child who is being baptized to let them know that they are loved and what you saw on the day of their baptism and silly little moments like when the water hit your forehead, you started giggling or your dad was so nervous that your mom held you over the font instead of your dad, even though they had planned it the other way. Like (laughs) Uh little pieces like that, that bring the day to life as the child grows, they will remember that in the years to come as much as they will remember the precious moments figurine that has the baptismal date on it. 
I'm fascinated that you said you have a hard time giving gifts because I would assume that by now you kind of have this streamlined. And when you come up with something that seems really amazing, you buy like 10 of them. (laughs) So you have something at the ready. Except that every person is different. Well, yes. And every, every situation is different. And so that's where I get caught is I don't love receiving gifts that are kind of generic and kind of are like, okay, you pulled this out of your Dollar Tree bag. Like I get the sentiment out of it and that's beautiful, but then I don't necessarily keep it and hold on to it. What matters to me more is that card with the note in it. Well, let me ask you this then. When you find a particular stationery that you like with either an image or a message or something on it, do you at least buy stock in that? I should. (laughs) (laughs) I totally should. Okay, that's going to lead me to my last question. What is the favorite gift that you have been given through the years? Such a hard question. You know what? I'll use the last one that I was just given. About three months ago, maybe four months ago, I met with the daughter of our matriarch, who was the sixth person in Oregon to die from COVID. And they had been working on the house and she had just a very simple cross necklace of Marsha's and she gave it to me. And she said, thank you for all that you've done. And thank you for the way that you continue to keep the safety of the congregation as the most important thing right now. Basically, thank you for not being back in person. And thank you for keeping the congregation as safe as I can. Mm -hmm. That necklace connects to, for me, all of the dozens and dozens of beautiful saints that I have buried and just remembering them and holding on to their faith and that beautiful generation. And it's an honor. It's an absolute honor to have that. It's a simple gift. It's not, you know, but it it was the intent and the story and the connection that goes along with it that holds just so much tremendous meaning to me. Do you think the people that inadvertently give these gifts ever understand the impact that they have? Probably not. Probably not? No. I have another one that is, and it's right here in front of me, actually. It's a pectoral cross Mm -hmm. that someone was wearing at my teaching parish way, way, way back when I was in seminary, like my first couple of months in seminary. And I complimented them on it. I said, that is so cool. That's really neat. Where did you get that? And she kind of looked at it and looked at me and she said, you know, I think it's supposed to be yours. And she took it off and she handed it to me. Oh, wow. And it's, it's my primary pectoral cross and I love it. It has Mary on one side and Jesus on the other mm-hmm. of the cross. And it holds tremendous meaning for me because it came from a place and a time that I was pondering my call and pondering my place in the story of saints and it affirmed some of that for me. So those are the kinds of things that for me have have often blown me away, just floored me when they happen. Well, sadly, I don't feel like we've helped anybody because what I'm getting out of all this is that gift giving is a tricky thing and you want it to be more about you because you want to give a really good gift, but it really needs to be about the person, but you never really know the impact you're going to have <laughs> with the gift that you give. And you just have to take that leap of faith, I guess, is what it comes down to. Totally. And let it be just a true engagement. 
I think isn't that always the case? Let it be a true engagement of your heart of celebration of a person. It's hard. And I'm not that good at actually picking out and giving gifts. No, I, I want to be, but I'm not. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that little confession brings us to the end. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about religious gifts. I look forward to sitting down with you another week on another topic. As do I. And thank you all for joining along. I would like to extend a hearty congratulations out to Dawn, as this is our 300th podcast, over five and a half years of weekly podcasts. It is hard to believe. So hard to believe. Congratulations. And to you too. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for being along the ride, everyone. And if you have a topic suggestion or a question for us, or would like to give a suggestion, or... Give us the gift of hearing how these podcasts impact your faith life. That would be amazing to hear as a celebration for our 300th podcast. You can email us at podcast at centralportland.org. Until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you no matter what. <laughs>